welcome to episode 31 of Coffee and Co-Read, your source for all things literary, with Kristen and Catherine, where we believe there is nothing better than a hot coffee and an awesome book. Join us for our virtual book club, where we take one book a month and dive into all the drama, adventure, and romance we can find. Hey, Kristen. Hi, Catherine. So, um, I guess we wanted to talk snacks today because I don't know about you, but like sitting down in the fall with a snack and a coffee or tea is like my jam while reading. <laughs> I love it. It's such a mm-hmm. fall feeling. Yeah. And and we're getting there slowly but surely. Yes. Yeah, we're very close. Yes. Um so what kind of snacks do you usually eat while you're reading? Uh, so for me in general, I find that like my reading snacks are completely different to my regular snacks. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm doing a regular snack, I'll go for like a bag of chips or a bag of cheesies or something unhealthy mm-hmm. um, or like chocolate or something. Like if I'm sitting down to a movie, but for some reason while I'm reading, obviously you don't want messy fingers to like Mm -hmm. mess up your pages or your screen. Yeah. So obviously the snack choice differs. Um, If I do want something like sugary and bad for you, I'll go with like Skittles. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I just, they're my go-to. I love Skittles. Yeah. Um, maybe if I've got like a baked good in the house because baked, I bake a lot. Mm-hmm. So like sometimes I'll go for a baked good if I have like a muffin or something like that. Yeah. Um, in all fairness, the one I have the most is probably grapes, <laughs> which is really weird. I, I don't know what it is. They're just like, you can just easily like pick them out, pop them in your mouth and like, you're good to go. They don't mess up your fingers. Yeah. Um, and then, too, I just sort of feel like, you know, that stereotypical, like, ancient Greek goddess person, like, lying on a chaise lounge getting fed grapes <laughs> and, like, getting fanned with a palm leaf or whatever. Like, that's what it puts me in mind of. Yeah. And, <laughs> and why not? Exactly. I love it. Um, and I don't know, like, like you said, there's really just nothing better then curling up with like a hot beverage, coffee, if it, then like sometimes in the nighttime you just want your tea. Mm-hmm. For me, it's usually a white tea. Like it's not green tea. It's not black tea. It's white. Tea. That's just yeah. the type of herbal tea I like. Um, And yeah, and like snuggling down on your couch with your book. I don't know why, but it just like you can't beat it. No, I completely agree. And like yeah. turning on the fireplace and like just having mm-hmm. the fire. It's just so nice. And a snuggly blanket and some yeah. pillows. I, I love it. I agree. Um, what do you like to snack on? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I really have like a go-to snack for reading. But like you said, I, I hate the idea of having dirty fingers and getting them on my book. Because <laughs> like yeah. if I am going to like cozy up and get a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, then... I, I prefer to have a physical book instead of like my phone or my uh, yeah. e my Kobo. Yeah. Um, so the idea of getting my physical books dirty is just, I don't like it. <laughs> it's unacceptable. It is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I 
usually if I'm reading during the day, I'll definitely snack. But then like, I do a lot of my reading in bed before I go to sleep. So if that's the case, I'll, I'll just like have water or something. I don't, I don't usually snack right before bed. Um, but I, I love eating carbs just in general, but also yeah. snacks. Who doesn't? Exactly. So I'll normally go for like popcorn or crackers and cheese. And I also, I have a bit of an odd habit of eating uncooked noodles, which is just really weird, but something that I do. So, so like you're talking, you're talking like the instant ramen noodles. Any. Like, so like, so like you would go get like a dry box of spaghetti. Yep. Really? Even like the spirally ones, like any noodles, like most of the noodles. You would go for a rotini? Yes. So like, I don't know if it's the satisfying crunch. It like, it hurts your teeth, but like I'll end up with the jaw aches and I'm like, then my stomach starts hurting because I guess you're not really you supposed to eat that much raw noodles. But yeah, yeah. I'll like grab handfuls of like the rotini and like stick it in my pocket and take them out every now and then. Yeah, it's, um, it's odd, but... <laughs> It's something I've done since I was young, and I still do it. Yeah, yeah, what odds? You know, whatever floats your boat. And they're they're clean. They're not. You're not gonna get your fingers dirty. (laughs) Um, Yeah. What about oh your cucumber with salt? Yeah, that's a good one too. But then your fingers make it wet. You need a napkin around. So (laughs) yeah. I do like cucumbers or tomato with salt on it too. Those are, oh, those tomatoes, are good snacks. Gross. Sorry, dude. The, the cucumbers I can get behind. The tomatoes I cannot. We're a tomato-loving household here. So. <laughs> I like it in sauce form. That's about oh, it. yeah. Definitely. Like I, I don't like chunks of tomato. I don't like tomato juice. I don't like clamato juice either. I don't like tomato soup. And- <laughs> I just like, I don't like gazpacho either, which is like mm. cold tomato soup. Yeah. I I like all of it. Like I drink Caesars often, even though I'm, I don't eat seafood and I'm mostly vegetarian. <laughs> and uh, good old Clamato juice. Yeah. For, if anyone doesn't know, uh, so Clamato juice is essentially tomato juice, um, but it's got like spices in it and I think there's some is there some Worcester in it sauce I I think so and then there's also clam juice mixed in yeah it's like clam broth but I can't figure out what that actually means because I'm actually trying to figure out like is there actual clams in it or is it just like the water that was the water or the juice that I don't know I don't know what it is and I couldn't figure it out on Google. Also, I didn't really want to figure it out because yeah. I do like but, Caesars. <laughs> but like, so that is a popular, like you can buy jugs like of like, the same way you would buy apple juice or orange mm-hmm. juice or grape juice or whatever. You can actually buy this in grocery stores around us. It's Clamato juice. And yeah. it is extremely popular all across the country. People use them to make Caesars, which is vodka. Is it vodka? Or yeah, gin. vodka or gin, either. With it's clamato juice and hot sauce. Yeah. 
It's essentially a Bloody Mary, but instead of tomato juice, we use Clamato juice. So it tastes a little bit seafoody. You don't even like seafood. I know. It's so dumb. This (laughs) doesn't make sense. But anyway, people are weird. People are weird. (laughs) Well, that's, I mean, my weirdness is I don't like any, I don't like any pickle you can get either at a fast food restaurant or at the grocery store. But I'll make my own and I love them. And I anything mm. pickled, like pickled onions, I'll make them myself and I love them. Pickled yeah. cucumber, again, I'll make them myself and I really like them. But do not even think about putting a pickle on my hamburger. It's uh, gross. You're wrong, but. I, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, wow. like, the best part of McDonald's is that bite in the middle because you eat all of the outside of your burger. And that bite in the middle that is like the burger and pickle and onion. It's like the best part. No, I think the, I think the pickles are disgusting. Well, you're wrong. I'm also obviously a pretty lax vegetarian. I don't eat McDonald's yeah. often. And I haven't had it in a very long time. But I'm not saying I won't eat McDonald's. Yeah, it's I fine. just don't, I don't cook meat. I don't like, I don't like bones. No. I don't like thinking about it either. So I just don't cook meat. <laughs> uh, funny story. So <laughs> when Catherine and I first became friends and we're hanging out all the time, um, that was the one of the big things. Like if ever we went out to eat anywhere or if she came to a family gathering or anything like that, if there was any meat that was being served on a bone, I would have to cut up her meat for her and take it off the bone and then dispose of the bone so that she wouldn't have to see it. It was like my first foray into parenthood because <laughs> now that's the story of my life. Yeah. But like, it's one of my like most vivid memories of how I knew we were close friends. <laughs> yeah. It's because I fair. would have to cut up your meat. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. My dad does it a lot too. So yeah. and now, well, now Jeff does it too, but... <laughs> Well, not not so much anymore because I don't really yeah. eat it. But yeah, but yeah, if I was at my parents' house, I'd be like, "Sorry, Dad, yeah. let's deal with this." Although they would just cook something not on a bone for me, because yeah, so that they don't have to cut it up for you. Because they know me now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's get right into it. Um, as always, we're not a spoiler-free zone, and things might get a little saucy. Okay. I don't think they really do, though. But. <laughs> I'm, I think there's a tiny bit because this yeah. is our last week. This is our last week on uh, Akatar. Yeah, it's crazy. So, um, so yeah. So I think it gets a little bit saucy, but I don't think it's crazy. It's no. not a crazy amount. No. So this week we're doing chapters 39 to 46, which, like we already said, is the end of the book. So last week. We ended uh, with the first task being completed by Farah, uh, but her arm being pretty badly injured to the point where she needed to make a deal with the devil, we'll say, um, to keep herself alive. So in exchange for spending one week per month at the night court, Rhysan healed Farah's arm. And he also forced the guards to stop touching her or forcing her to do housework slash impossible tasks as kind of like a bonus. Added throw-in. So, getting into this week, uh, 
Kristen said last week that Resand also makes sure that Feyre gets a hot meal every morning and night, and she was correct. Um, so Feyre's in her cell and she's getting these meals, and she knows it's like Resand's doing, but she still curses him, <laughs> like, and because why not? Yeah, you know. But but like in all fairness, I feel like I know we just you said one thing about this chapter so far but i feel like a lot of her um anger towards him is sort of um based on tamlin yes you know what i mean like the instance the instance that she saw tamlin with resand Mm -hmm. um in the manner like right before uh tamlin forced her to go home back in week three yeah, I believe. Yeah. Um like obviously Feyre could tell that Tamlin hated him. Yes. And I think she's miss she's I'm not going to say it's misplaced. But she's taken he, on somebody else's grudge. Yeah, like he's I'm sure yes, he's done a lot of crappy stuff to her too. Like he scraped her mind. He's like been a jackass. He looks to be on Amarantha's side and she's a big old bitch. Mm-hmm. but like what has he actually done to her not that not really a lot yeah so yeah I, I i do think she's like taking on tamlin's anger and like his opinion of this person when it's might be a bit misplaced yeah and i think um back to that scene uh in the breakfast room um when when Rhysand was there, he made Tamlin and Lucian beg on their knees. And she was yeah. like, I can't believe that Tamlin is on his knees for anybody type thing. So I think yeah. it really was kind of a shock to her system, too, that, like, Tamlin's maybe not as amazing as he seems. Because he can, like, he's clearly not as powerful as Rhysand, or mm-hmm. he wouldn't have got on his knees. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I do agree. He should only be <laughs> on his knees for one person. For one reason. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think that's it. Uh, so anyway, she spends her time in her cell pondering the riddle because there's nothing else really for her to do. Um, nobody visits her, so her only companions are the screams that she can hear. And the eye tattoo on her left palm, which is where her whole arm is tattooed, um, which was part and, of the bargain with yeah. Rhysand. That's, it's sort of like the symbol of the bargain. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she actually talks to the eye constant, uh, sorry, occasionally, not constantly. Um, and she swears one time that it blinked at her, um, which is interesting I'll just say, I guess. I feel like she's just going crazy. Well, that too. I'm like, you're just talking to your left hand. It's like Wilson in that movie. <laughs> that Castaway. Castaway, yeah. <laughs> um, so two fairies show up to her cell one day, and they're made of darkness, I guess, like Resand is. So they kind of like just slip into the door. Um but she says that they never really look completely corporeal. Like he slips in as night and, and then becomes yeah. a person but yeah. they're still kind of wispy i imagine like they're mm-hmm. still covered with 
darkness maybe smoke and fog yeah um so they take her arms and walk through the prison door with her which is impressive uh they bathe paint and clothe her and they don't tell her why and she's she obviously we're in her head but she says that her body is covered in swirls that are like similar to the tattoo on her arm but it like covers her entirely and it it camouflages the tattoo on her arm so like nobody would really think that the tattoo isn't a part of this body paint um they dress her in what i'll call a dress ish uh it's basically two bits of fabric over each shoulder to cover her boobs and then it becomes a single piece in the front and back to cover her at her hips so just her bits are basically covered her sides are completely bare um see i i just imagine like a princess leia sort of style thing when she was um like when she was trapped with drama hut like slave leia yeah no i know i'm thinking of it yeah Kind of. I don't know. I've seen fan art of it and like, I don't hate it. I would never want to wear it. <laughs> um, I just like when I picture it, I picture the Princess Leia dress, but I picture it in like a gauzy like like feminine color and like wispy sort of material. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I don't know if they really talk about it, but I imagine that every time she puts it on, it's a different color. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, that's just I don't know if they say that or not but um anyway so her sides are completely bare like you can almost see everything through the dress basically mm-hmm. and she tries to demand for more clothes but Rhysand shows up and he says that he needs an escort to the party this evening um she asks if it's necessary but he says of course how else will I know if anyone touched you so She's talking about like what she's wearing and the the paint on her. She's like, "Why am I wearing this?" Basically, mm-hmm. and he, like, kind of to demonstrate, runs a finger along her shoulder and smears smears the paint on her. And he tells her that he'll know where his hands have been, but if anyone else touches her, like say Tamlin, he'll know. Um, and he says he doesn't like his belongings tampered with which is Ugh. gross. Ugh. Not a fan of that. Um, can I just say, this is like a throwback to Egyptian uh, mythology. Mm. And it was common in, like, obviously in ancient Egypt for the pharaohs' uh, wives, it was, or even their mistresses or their concubines, whatever you want to call them, it was common for them to have sort of a similar thing done. It would be completely covered in body paint. And if anybody touched them, then the Pharaoh would get hecka mad. Oh, interesting. I, I thought that you were going to say it's a callback to when Tamlin was painted and you could see where he had sex with the person in the cave. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. I didn't even yeah. make that connection. Yeah, but, well... I didn't know about the Egyptian one, so <laughs> um, definitely interesting. And I think there's more that could be said about it later is what I'll say about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it even comes up later in this, like at the end-ish of this book um, about the paint and stuff. So mm-hmm. we'll get to it later. Yeah. Uh, so they go to the throne room, of course, and that's where the party is. 
um, Rhysand goes up to the thrones, uh, which is obviously Amarantha and Tamlin, because he's always sitting in the thrones with her. Um, Farah basically realizes that Rhysand is about to tell them about the bargain just to kind of fuck with Tamlin in front of everyone. And there's nothing she can do about it because like, she, she, what, what could she do? Yeah. She made that bargain. Like she's got it now. Yeah. Um, Amarantha is the one who asks why they're together. And that's when Rhysand kind of explains the whole bargain. And he tells both Amarantha and Tamlin that in exchange for healing her, she needs to stay in the night court one week a month for the rest of her life. And when he says that last line, he looks straight at Amarantha and it kind of makes Feyre realize that he really like, Rhysand really does believe that she is going to live through the trials. Yeah. And you can kind of tell that like, maybe Amarantha might've realized this before now because she was pissed that he had uh, bet on her in general after the first task. but. I think it really shows Amarantha that he's like got a bit of spine here and like is really backing Feyre. Um, Yeah. This is what I don't understand. Like, I guess throughout this, the whole debacle we'll say, and we, again, we get, we don't have a ton of information right now on how um, Rhysand has spent the past 50 years, mm -hmm. 49 years, but like, presumably he has been like everyone calls him amarantha's whore like he has been her sort of right hand man mm -hmm. and it's just like odd to me how like it's almost like he's like saying to her face right now what side he's on yeah and like dropping this whole idea that he's on her side yeah it, it just seems a bit foolish to me like why you would show your hand when she still has two more trials to go mm-hmm yeah, no, I completely agree. And, like, Amarantha doesn't respond or anything, but you know that, like, she's a smart woman. She's thinking this through. She realizes what this means. Like, if Feyre can figure it out, so can Amarantha. Tamlin, on the other hand, obviously he cannot figure that out, and he's uh, visibly gripping his throne. But, like, there's no claws, so progress, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> um. Rhysand walks her to a table and offers her wine and Feyre remembers Alice's rule and she really doesn't want to drink the wine because Alice does tell her that it's different than the wine that she had at the summer solstice. Mm -hmm. um, but he, he basically insists on it both out loud and inside of her head and he kind of forces her to drink it. Uh, the next I, thing... She I want to say red flag... Yeah. Obviously, he's being a dickhead. Yeah. Um, I don't want people thinking that we're only picking on Tamlin. We're not. No. Like, I'm well aware this is a problematic act, we'll say. Yes. A hundred percent. Especially since the next scene, she just wakes up in her cell and is hungover as all hell and spends the rest of the day alternatively throwing up in a corner and napping. So, like, she can't really remember what happened last night, and she's very hungover. But, and uh, then think, and then think, too, of, like, the, un, like, I'm going to say unsanitariness, but, like, she is throwing up in the corner. Like, it's not like she has a 
friggin' like toilet to flush puke yeah. down. It's just sitting in there, meaning she's sitting and smelling it. It's gross. Yeah, very. Um, Lucian shows up in her cell again, and he comments that it's freezing and gives her a cloak. And we hear about the paint on Feyre now. Um, I guess she kind of, I guess, notices it again. Anyway, we just hear that it's all intact except for a few spots on her waist. Uh, Feyre can't really remember what happened, like we said. So she asks Lucian, and he confirms that, like, the spots on her waist were Rhysand's hands holding her, and it was all to get a rise out of Tamlin, is what Lucian says. Um, Lucian also tells her that Rhysand basically had her sexy dance for him all night and sit on his lap. (laughs) So. Love it. Yeah. Not actually. I don't actually (laughs) love it. I know. (laughs) I know what you mean. Um. But yeah, so it's uh, not amazing. But yeah. like, even Lucian's even like, he's doing all of this to piss Tamlin off. Yeah. And it's like, why, why are these two grown ass men like living their lives to piss the other one off? Like, how is that? It's not like they're like in their 30s, they're fucking hundreds of years old. <laughs> they're not children, but they're literally, anyway, it's wild. Yeah, I just, uh, I have a lot of thoughts. But you but can't a lot really of get them, into them yet. Yeah, it's consent issues. Like, oh, 100%. You know, like, and and we all know that they're consent issues. I sort of glossed over these the first time I read through them. Like, not for any reason. I just, like, to me, it was like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, this is what he did. Yeah. But... I don't know. The more you read it, the more you're like uncomfortable with it. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with the Tamlin shit that we only realized like second, third, whatever read throughs. It's, it's clearly problematic. Yeah. Um, so Lucian also berates Farah for making a deal at all with Resand, which is kind of ridiculous. Like, I don't understand what he wanted her to do. She was literally dying. And he was like, I would have come. And I don't understand. Like, she she starts to believe him. But he didn't come. She would have been dead by the time he showed up. Yeah. He only showed up now after he found out about the deal. And it's been like, it's been... So At she least. hurt her arm, and then she had to do those menial tasks that were impossible. So, like, that's extra days in between. Like, it's been a long-ass time. She'd be dead. Yeah, I know. And uh, he he infuriates me. And, like, she also is infuriating me at this point. And I understand she's feeling really dejected. She's got, like, no... She's got nobody in her corner, really. She's by herself all the time. She's in a prison cell for, like, the foreseeable future. So, like, I I understand her lack of anger because she just has nothing else and no one else in her corner. But I would be so pissed at him. And, and she, I feel like her normal characteristic, like, before she got all soft- on Talon's yeah. love like I feel like she would also be pissed at him and not and not like get over it that easily yeah no I completely agree I think it is that she just 
wants somebody there who's on her side. <laughs> like, I think she is just feeling very sad and lonely and she's very easily swayed right now. Yeah, I just like, it just really bothers me. And I think she sort of tries to excuse him a little bit and be like, oh, well, maybe he doesn't realize like how humans, like how sick humans can get and how they're fragile they can die and stuff it's like bitch stop making excuses for him yeah like if if he really wanted to help you he would have but no instead he goes to her the first second that tamlin's pissed off yeah right and like like, yeah that's that's the part that's like literally the day after they all find out about it and like we do also I don't even Sorry. think it's I don't even think it's just the bo- the bargain that Tamlin is pissed. I think Tamlin is pissed that she got drunk, albeit against her will, and mm-hmm. was like s- sexy dancing all up against Reese, and he got really mad about it, and so now he's pissed off and Lucian is doing what Lucian do- does best and tries to vict like make everyone else to blame like he's blaming her and she's a victim yeah from from both men really yes victim blaming at his finest and it's freaking lucian and he has no he doesn't have the like power or whatever like he should not be he has no place victim blaming her at all yeah i like i honestly cannot get over him like this was one of the moments that lucian changed for me as a mm-hmm. character and i still have not Forgiven like he, he he is still not redeemed in my eyes yeah um he does eventually relent because like fair is basically just like there's nothing we can do about it the deal's been made like you can bitch all you want but that's mm-hmm. not going to change anything yeah obviously she doesn't say it like that but that's you know that's how it'll be and he says that they'll see about actually upholding the bargain when the time comes. And it's like, okay, what are you going to do? You like literally were on your knees begging him, but you're going to stop a bargain that she went into willingly from happening. Like, I don't, I don't know what he thinks that he can do, but we'll leave that for book two, I guess. Um, Feyre does thank Lucian for helping her uh, during the first task. And when the worm was coming at her, she couldn't see it. And he yelled like to your left, I think it was. And um, that gave her the split second she needed to get away from the worm and not die. Mm -hmm. Um, And Lucian does say that Amarantha had, so yeah, last week, Rhysand told her, yeah, that um, Tamlin had whipped Lucian because Amarantha made him. Um, for helping her and Lucian now tells her that like Amarantha kept his back from healing and he wasn't actually able to move until today so like I get that that's awful 100% for sure but if he couldn't move he couldn't come down to save her and heal her so she would be dead so like but also his mother is there yeah his brothers are there like he could have he could have found a way. Yeah. And not even like Tamlin couldn't do shit. Or like 
anyone in Tamlin's court. He's still a high lord. He has an entire court there. No, he couldn't ask somebody to go do something? Yeah. And, like, anyway. the servants are there and everything. Yeah. Like, I'm sure they could have very discreetly sent a servant down to yeah. at least have assessed her situation. Yeah. Or to take the bone out of her arm and clean it because she was just dirty. Like, you don't even need to do magic. Just, like, clean her up. Yeah. We have a lot of thoughts and feelings <laughs> about this. Yeah. It, it really pissed me off. Um, anyway, Feyre asks, um, if, asks Lucian if Tamlin is okay since he's clearly under a spell. And Lucian's like, what are you talking about? He isn't under a spell. He's just, like, playing the game, too. And he doesn't want Amarantha to, like, know what he's feeling. So he's just being quiet and stoic so that she can't, like, see how much that favor means to Tamlin type thing. Ugh. Which just makes me want to vomit. I roll. Right? Just fuck right off. Anyway. <laughs> so Lucian does leave. And <laughs> the thing that he does at the end. So um, Feyre tries to give him back his cloak. And he's like, oh, you can keep it. It's just one of the guards. I was like, I don't know. That just felt shitty to me. It's like she wasn't even good enough to get something from him he was just like oh i just swiped this from a guard or something like yeah i don't know just yeah no but that's what i mean make him like a good person but that's what i mean like he is like so he's always sort of been somewhat of an enabler Mm. but this sort of interaction like he really becomes a shitty person yeah not like he was a great person before he was like i hesitated when you yelled like he's i feel like he's always been kind of like morally gray character especially Mm. towards pharah chaotic neutral yeah but yeah i don't i don't know it's just this this scene really like pushed it home for me and i was like i can't believe he's making her feel bad for saving her own life like yeah and like anyway P.S. Dude, she's in jail for the next two months. Give her a friggin' break. If she lives, she's yeah. in jail for the next two months. Like, good point. She she's lucky if she's in jail for the next two months. That's a good point. So he leaves, and then we kind of get, I guess, a montage fast forward type thing. But basically, every night. Feyre is painted and dressed and plied with wine and brought to the throne room with Resand. And she says that he only ever touches her arms and waist, but she does continue to dance for him and sit on his lap. Um, and she does say that one time he made her dance until she threw up, uh, which is super cruel and awful. Like, mm-hmm. and then just made her dance again after throwing up. Like, it's just, that is just... That line, I was like, that is too far. Yeah, and I think, like, in the next book, we'll hear a little bit more from him as to why that occurs. Um, I don't think it's a good enough reason. No. Like, his reasons are good, but they're not great. Yeah. They're not good Uh, enough, we'll say. Exactly. So, during the days, every day, she's basically hungover, and she just sleeps all day. And so, her days and nights kind of pass like that. Um, she does see Tamlin every night though, and it's worth it for those moments where she can show him with her eyes how much she loves him. 
right? Like, sorry, I don't mean to hate on him so much, but Jesus Christ, he's not even like barely looking at her. And she's like, everything is worth it just so that I can look at his lovely face every night before I dance until I puke. Like, anyway, it's um one night after she's dressed uh Risan comes in and tells her her second task is the next night and she just doesn't even care and Risan is like kind of surprised by that and asks why she isn't begging for a night with her beloved and she says that she'll have it every night after the final task with him which is like more positive than I think we've seen her in a lot of situations and I think like part of it is because like they're back and forth they're very snippy at each other and like I think that helps her confidence a bit in a weird way to like her telling him that she thinks that she's going to win yeah no I just I agree it just it's it seems like that little line is sort of like a step of her sort of getting back to her old self of being like this like confident quick-witted mm-hmm. like snarky person yeah and and like i i wonder why it's like brought about then but it is like it seems like reese like brings it out of her yeah well tamlin's obviously not going to because he doesn't fucking say anything to her no and it's like uh, it just it bothers me because amarantha already knows how they feel about each other and like how he feels. So like, I don't understand what this whole like staying quiet is going to do when she already knows. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, Rhysain kind of taunts her and says that if Tamlin were a better high Lord, maybe the spring court wouldn't have fallen. And she snaps back and says that his court fell too. And she says that she sees a flicker of sadness in his eyes Um, but unlike all the dumb times that we've heard this before in books that we've talked about how, like, how do you see a fucking flicker of sadness in somebody's eyes? I'm trying to like, I'm trying to do it right now. Like I'm trying to like create a flicker of sadness in my own eyes and be like, (laughs) can I see the change? I cannot. (laughs) No, nobody can. (laughs) But anyway, she says that she says she wouldn't have known she wouldn't have recognized it if she didn't feel it deep inside herself too which is kind of interesting so she looks at her palm and kind of wonders thinking it's like the bargain and like the tattoo on her palm is the reason that she kind of has a connection and can feel that off of him Mm -hmm. which is interesting um so she tries to ask Risen what amarantha's goals really are and Rhysand kind of just shuts down the conversation. So, so she does try, like, she asks him a lot of questions, as we've already discussed. But she does try to ask what he wants with her. And he says that taunting Tamlin is, is his greatest pleasure. And, like, like I said earlier, they're grown-ass men. But, like, there's clearly some backstory there that we don't, we don't know. Because, like, it's a bit ridiculous that these two grown men are this childish. But... We'll see later, I assume. Yeah. Uh, when they get to the throne room that night, Amarantha calls Rhysand up to her, and Lucian's brothers are 
on their way over with eyes on Farah, like they want to kind of corner her, it seems like. So Rhysand's like, come with me and takes her. Um, yeah, sort of trying to be protective. Yeah. Yeah. Because who knows what they do. Um, so they get over to where Amarantha is and there's a Faye on the floor and he is from the summer court. Um, and the high Lord of the summer court is kind of looking on and Farrah kind of comments that he's looking a bit shifty. And it's, it's another one of the, I don't know. She notices so much more than everybody else. And it just seems a bit unlikely, but I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe she's just better at it than other people. Yeah. But and Amarantha tells Rhysand that this lord tried to leave and asks him to figure out why. So he, of course, complies and looks into this summer phase head. And he tells Amarantha that he was just trying to flee to human lands and that there was no, like, there was nobody else that helped him. It was just him that did it. Um, and then the, I guess Feyre kind of notices that the High Lord of Summer Court looks relieved. And you obviously know that there's something that Rhysand isn't telling her. Mm-hmm. Um, but only because Feyre noticed it. And so Amarantha then tells Rhysand to like destroy his mind basically or something like that. And Rhysand just immediately kills him, which pisses Amarantha off. And... Feyre is just like shocked at how fast the fairy died and how powerful Rhysand actually is. Um, on their way back to their table, people are whispering that, whispering about Rhysand, about how he's Amarantha's whore. But then there's also some whispers that it's like, it was good that he killed the traitor so fast instead of like breaking his mind and just leaving him a shell of a body. So I guess pe- some people do respect him even if there are a lot of people that still think he's just Amarantha's whore. Well, I think it sort of all depends on what side you're on. Like if you're on Amarantha's side, then you're like, oh yeah, he's good. He's on our side and like, he's doing good things. But obviously if you oppose Amarantha, then that's what he is, just her whore. Yeah. But I think it's also too, like if, if you were in that summer Lord's, like, if you were in his position, you would rather be killed immediately than oh, yeah. just have your mind broken. So I think, like, I think it's even people on either side that were like, it's good that he killed him instead of just ruining his mind. Mm, that's true. Um, so her, te- her second trial is basically happening the next day. Uh, it's in another cavern. And... Amarantha asks if she solved the riddle and obviously she hasn't um and Amarantha says that she'll give her some practice so the floor sorry the floor sinks under Feyre's feet and um and of course the whole time she's just staring into Tamlin's eyes and um when she finally looks away she sees that she's like surrounded by three walls and an iron gate um Lucian is chained on the other side of the floor like behind the gate so there's a gate between them he's chained to the floor she's able to just run around in a circle basically because she's sunken down into a box yep um and Amarantha is obviously still pissed at Lucian that's why he's there 
Yeah. And obviously there are bets being made again. So Anne But Marie, I bet you I bet you there'll be more for Feyre's side. Yes, people always trying to make money. <laughs> um Amarantha motions to the wall that's like below her feet, I guess, and says that the task is there. Feyre just needs to p- pick the correct lever to win. So there are three levers in front of her and there's like two red hot gates that are starting to lower from the ceiling that eventually they're gonna like meet the floor and crush her and she says that they're like very blunt yeah so it would take a while to actually like kill both her and Lucian and would be incredibly painful so that sounds awful um, Feyre does say that there's a lengthy inscription on the wall and it's clearly another riddle and Feyre of course panics because she can't fucking read so like the ceiling's getting lower and lower and she does nothing and like statistically it's not great odds to just pick one there's three of them so like it's better than just letting the ceiling crush you for sure you should pick one um, and she does make out like the beginning of the riddle. Three grasshoppers were bouncing. And I'm kind of interested. I want to know what the riddle is, but yeah. I've I've never found it or anything. I um uh, what I remember most about this task is how like she berates herself for not hmm. being able to read and like how embarrassed she is that like, this is something that they all are, like, it's sort of on display. It's, like, her biggest flaw that's yes. on display. And, like, we saw earlier on how she felt about Tamlin sort of knowing that she couldn't read and she hated it. So, like, yeah. just imagine now, like, all these fairies that are probably well-educated because they're all probably, like, rich and, like, the fact that she can't read, she just keeps, like, berating herself over and over again. How terrible, like, how dumb she is, essentially. Yeah. And it's really sad. It is. I do think that she does, like, she doesn't think that Amarantha realizes that she can't read, which is good. So, like, and I don't think by the end of the task that she knows, because she's, like, she said, at least Amarantha didn't know beforehand or she would have made fun of her before she put her in there, she says in her head at one point. So, like, I don't, like, she definitely berates herself a lot and she is worried that everyone will find out. But I, I don't think that, like, they do. But anyway, she just goes to pick one and she kind of goes through the logic of which numbers make sense. So her logic is that, like, two is a good number because two is like her and Tamlin. Um, One is a bad number because it's like Amarantha or the Adder. And three is too much. And she just thinks of like three sisters crammed in a tiny cottage until they hate each other. So by that logic, the answer for her, she's going to pick two because that just makes sense in her brain. It's terrible Um, logic. It is terrible logic, but what else is she supposed to do? If you got to guess one. Yes. Um, She reaches for two and feels a blinding pain. And she looks at her hand and the eye is slit and looking at her. And she says she reaches for it again and she's paralyzed by the pain. And then she reaches for the first, 
lever and there's pain again. But when she reaches for the third lever, there's no pain, which I think we kind of need to think about like her idea for the numbers. Like it was clearly there for a reason, but it's interesting that three is the answer. And to her, that represents her sisters. Yeah. I do, I do think it's kind of like a foreshadowing sign of like the sisters are going to get back together at some point in later books. But it's definitely interesting that that is the number. And like, we obviously didn't get the whole riddle. Um, but we know that in Feyre's mind, three represents her sisters. So it's just interesting. Um, yeah. I think that there's a lot of like triads in this book. Like there's a lot of sets of three. And it's all meaningful, like, and again, we'll see it more down the line. But right now, you know, like, there's the three sisters, and then we meet the inner circle that ends up having three males, three females. Mm. And even further down the road, you know, there's the three um, ancient siblings. Yeah. So like, three is a number that comes up a lot. Like, it's very symbolic. So yeah. So the grate is only about four feet above her head now, and she can feel the heat. And when she looks up, she meets Rhysand's eyes, and she knows she has to trust him. Um, she knows she doesn't really have a, any other choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she does pick three. So she does realize that it's like, clearly Rhysand is telling yeah. her which one to pick. Yeah. Uh, that's why she was feeling the pain. Um and she wins, and the grate goes up, and Lucian is fine. Um, like you said, Farah is super shamed, and she is spiraling hard. Uh, she was always ashamed that she couldn't read, but this like makes it worse. And she all she can think is that she had to cheat to win this task. So how is she supposed to win the third task when she didn't even rightfully win this one, basically? Um, as the floor is kind of rising, she kneels down and she can feel tears coming when pain shoots through her left arm again. And she hears Rhysan in her head tell her not to let Amarantha see her cry mm-hmm. and that she needs to stand up. And he basically like kind of forces her upright and she does stare Amarantha down. And um, Rhysan kind of like in her head tells her exactly what to do so he's like look at her look at her okay now turn walk like Mm -hmm. carrying her through it step by step um and she gets to her cell and then actually starts to break down and cry uh a bit later she's been crying for hours and she's like basically having a full-on panic attack and Rhysand shows up like she it's kind of disassociated yep, from her body. <laughs> That's the word. And um, she's, she's really struggling like at the moment when he shows up. Um, and Reason tells her like she doesn't need to cry. She won the task. But she just ignores him um, until he licks some of her tears away. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, it takes her a few seconds, but like she scrambles away kind of in shock. And you know that he knew it would get her out of her own head if he did that. So it, it kind of shocked her back into herself. Um, yeah. She tells him that he's disgusting 
and he looks at his palm and swears he felt something under all that disgust. And like like arousal? Maybe. <laughs> um and I guess it's just like another obvious sign of the feelings that they can feel through the bargain, mm-hmm. we'll call it. So they're clearly connected through it. Um, he then asks if assigning her to learn to read when she goes to his court will be as painful as it looked today. And she gets pissed and launches herself at him as he disappears. Um, so she later kind of realizes that he kept her from shattering by making her so angry at him. So she kind of thinks of it like she doesn't know if it was on purpose, but it, it like snapped her out of being so sad and the actual panic attack that she was having. So like, obviously I think he was doing it on purpose, but I agree. We don't. Yeah. Um, he's way too like, I don't know. I just think methodical. Yeah. And I just think he's smarter than that. Yeah. Um, so obviously after the second task, Farah does fall into a bit of a depressive episode. Um, she starts to want the wine that Rhysand gives her every night and she stops trying to figure out the riddle because she thinks that she's worthless and obviously a dumb human like her won't be able to figure it out. Yeah. Um, she knows that she's going to die in the third task. Um, kind of like... We said last week, there's no way that Amarantha will let her live when Jurian killed her sister. Like, this is a a vengeance thing. Like, I don't know why Amarantha wanted to, like, play it out over three months. Seems excessive. But we all know that it's going to end with Farrah dying. Yeah, Um, Farrah knows it anyway. Yeah, exactly. And Farrah even says that she doesn't really blame her. She would do the same if something happened to her sisters. So I don't know why her sisters are frigging useless. <laughs> yes. But anyway, she loves them, I guess. Um, she also thinks of the pointlessness of her and Tamlin. Like I think we talked about in week three, like she's going to get old and die and he's going to live so much longer. And she's like, are the decades that she's going to have really worth fighting for? It's like, she's she's in a bad place and all of her thoughts are like very valid but they're they're not helping um so fair is on the way to get changed with her escorts that Risan sends uh when they hear the adder talking to someone so they like pull her behind a tapestry to hide and listen um and the fae creature talking to the adder says that the King of Highburn is ready and wondering if the High Fae will follow Amarantha's plans. Not the High Fae. I think it's the High Lords is what I meant. Mm-hmm. Um, are going to follow Amarantha's plans. Um, he also mentions this other... She said he sounds like a pig. I don't, I don't think we ever hear what he looks like. But this other Fae um, also says that the King like thinks it's a really shitty deal that she made (laughs) and he doesn't know why she made it. Um, The deal that she made with Farah, and she's clearly being very one track minded again. And just like when 
Hybern lost the war the last time because she was so busy torturing Jurian. Right. Um, the adder does say that Amarantha doesn't make deals that aren't advantageous, advantageous to her. So it's just another like nail in the coffin that, yeah, Feyre isn't going to live through this. Yeah. Um, and it's also, it also kind of shows Feyre, I guess, that the king really is going to try to like go beyond the wall and take over the mortal world. So like, that's, that's awesome. And exactly what Feyre needs added to her plate right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, days pass and Feyre kind of losing herself. Um, she does say that sometimes if she stares at the ceiling long enough, it will start to look like the night sky. And yeah. one night while she's in her cell, she hears, like, she hears music. And when she closes her eyes, she can feel it, like, fill her up. And she follows the music up into the sky. And it fills her soul. And she is so moved that, like, she, she starts to cry. She sees a palace in the sky and knows everything she wants is there. The one she loves is there. And then she t- thinks of Tamlin strumming her body is the word <laughs> she used. And I'm like, they've only had sex once. Uh, but I like, mean, again, he shredded her panties. It must have been good. <laughs> I don't think that means you're good. <laughs> you can shred someone's panties and then two pump done. Like <laughs> Anyway. But I'm pretty she sure she had at least two orgasms. Yes, it was good, sure. But yeah. it's still only one time. But I guess if that's all you're living for, then... Well, maybe it's been more times in her head. <laughs> it has to have been. What else are you going to think about? That's true. Uh, she thinks of Tamlin's face and blah, 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 and realizes that like that's what she's fighting for. And then the music ends and she's like kind of seems like she has purpose again and it's now two days until her final trial yeah so remember like last week when i said that i thought these trials were gonna like need another book and take a long time to play out because it's three months yeah nope this is why it doesn't (laughs) because we literally hear of nothing happening except for the the tasks really yeah well she's blackout drunk the rest of the time (laughs) that's true so it's the i guess the night before uh her task they're at a party and she's all like done up in the paint and the wispy dressish thing um but she keeps thinking about how like tonight would be her last night before she was killed tomorrow so like you talked about how she had that music the night before and has like a renewed sense of purpose, but like she still assumes she's just going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Which I know. It's, yeah. So <clears throat> she sort of had this forgotten moment. Like she was sort of leaning against a wall and like Reese had left her alone for a second. Amarantha was off doing something so like nobody was really paying attention to her like she was like just leaning against a wall and all of a sudden she smells earth and rain and feels heat from someone's body leak into hers 
And she knows that Tamlin has, like, I guess shimmied close to her. <laughs> shimmied. Well, that's what I think of. He, like, <laughs> I know. he creeped along the wall. Like, I think of, like, leaning right back up against it and, like, crisscrossing <laughs> your, you know. Yes, because that's not suspicious looking. <laughs> well, I'm fully aware that it would cause a huge spectacle, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so... He creeps along the wall until he's next to her, and they brush hands. Aww. And I know. And Farah said how she feels like her life has become beautiful again, only for that one moment. And like, I just have to say, Vom. Yeah. Where is Spunky Farah? Where did she go? Well, it's been well, three months. She'd be depressed. I know. But, like, I just wish we had Spunky Favor back. Yeah. Um, She said that, like, even though they're, like, touching hands and, like, they're all in love with their hands touching, they have to keep their faces cold and unfeeling. So, like, they have to keep completely straight faces while they're, like, diddling each other's hands. Diddling. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's, like... That doesn't make any sense because if anyone sees them next to each other, it doesn't matter how straight their fucking faces are. They're still going to be like, why the fuck are you two next to each other? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Anyway, um, so Tamlin sort of walks away through the crowd. Like, I don't think they stood next to each other for very long. He walks away from the crowd and he slightly sort of inclines his head for favor to like follow him like i guess he starts to walk away looks back at her and goes come on Hmm. using his head and they both sneak off to like a little door that's like half hidden behind a tapestry Mm -hmm. and a lot of those yeah there are Farah said that like no one really pays attention to her until she like starts drinking the wine and gets loaded and becomes reese's plaything Mm. Like, that's when everyone notices her. But at, until that happens, they sort of tend to leave her alone. I hope she's a good dancer. Like, that would be so embarrassing. Like, if you were not a <laughs> good dancer. And they were making you dance. Yeah. I feel like, though, if he was making her dance, he must be making her dance. Like, I feel like he wouldn't have given her free reign. You know what I mean? Maybe. Like, if she can't dance, I feel like he would tell her how to dance to make it so that she could. <laughs> yeah. That seems like a lot of work for him, too, though. But maybe that's why she sits on his lap so much, because he's, like, using all of his mental. And now move your hips this way and twerk. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Um, So, yeah. So we get a little bit of, like, a little bit of sauciness here. So they sneak off, like, one at a time to this little room behind the door, like, behind the tapestry. And they start making out in this little cubby, like, super hardcore. And, Mm. like, they're both being very rough with each other, which is, like, kind of hot. But at the same time, it's because, like, she thinks that this is her last night on Earth. Yeah. And, like, thinks it's the last time she'll get to see him or touch him. Uh, He bites her neck, I guess, like they're trying to be quiet but she makes like some moaning noises and he like bites her neck because he's like so turned on yeah but like dude come like anyway she takes off his belt buckle and like he's literally about to take her against the wall 
and he's like grinding like against her when all of a sudden Reason comes in and like comes upon this scene of Tamlin with his dick out about to like <laughs> <clears throat> about to like nail Feyre to a wall. Sheath himself. <laughs> Gross. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, it's 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 a really bad. It's a really awkward moment. Um yes. He and Reese like I have a lot of thoughts that again, it's hard to to talk about knowing in what I know in the next book. Mm-hmm. Um like Reason threatens Tamlin and says like if Amarantha knew that you were in here with Feyre, he would she would punish like Lucian. Like maybe she would take his other eye. Mm. And like just that alone, like that idea makes Tamlin straighten up. Yeah. And like Reason's like clean yourself up like straighten your clothes and like walk out and so he does that like he fixes his hair and his belt and he magics the black paint off of his hands and his mouth (laughs) and like i just find that hilarious like you imagine looking at someone you've got like black all like your mouth is like black and like smeared everywhere (laughs) from like kissing someone it'd just be so weird yeah um he does tell her that he loves her before he goes it's the only fucking thing he said to her this whole time which is wild and pisses me off to no end but like i'm annoyed that he went to make out with her before saying anything exactly like i mean like wouldn't you have said like before you attack her because you're just a horn dog wouldn't you have been like what are you doing here i don't want this for you i love you i want you to like go live your life like i'll deal with what i have now like yeah. or like try and help her like try to get her out well and or even like try and help her solve the riddle yeah instead of making out like use them use your minds use your mind power yeah it's it's so bad like obviously it's a very hot scene but then like the next time you read it you're like what a fucking asshole yeah well, it's true. Like, that's it. It is a super hot scene, but you are like, dude, why? Like, yeah. you could have done anything and that's what you choose. Um, like, I don't know. Does he have any insight into what the task is tomorrow? Could he say, thank you? Could he say, I don't know what the task is tomorrow, but I'm sure you'll do amazing because you're my super special girl. Like, anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So once he leaves, Reese calls both of them fools to Feyre. Like he says, you guys are both fools. Mm-hmm. And he sort of says like, if Amarantha had found them, there would be hell to pay. And like Feyre's just lucky that he found them, not anyone else. Yeah. And like he keeps going being rude and sarcastic because, you know, like, why not? That's how he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and the door actually starts to open again, and Feyre's still all like smudged everywhere from Tamlin. Mm-hmm. I guess Reese hadn't gotten a chance to fix it, so Reese. Well, they and- physically painted on her, so like I don't know. You don't know if magic would replace it. I don't know because like 
if magic could replace it, wouldn't he just like, couldn't he have just replaced it after he touched her waist? Like, yeah, but I don't think he wanted to replace it. I know, but if if I knew he could replace it, I would feel less confident that he didn't touch elsewhere and then just replace it. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean, but at the same time, the way I think about it is the smudges have to be magic-based because otherwise, when she wakes up in her cell, why is she not all smudged from lying on the ground and rolling around? Like, Yeah. But it could also be that mm, that doesn't work either. No, I was going to say, like, if somebody other than him, because he said the reason that he put it on was so that um, he'd know if other people touched her. Yeah. But I, d- I do think that, like, obviously it's still when he when he touches her, he doesn't take it off. It doesn't seem like. But anyway, I don't know. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so the door starts to open and her paint is all still smudged. So Reese just pushes her against the wall and starts making out with her. Hey. And luckily though, who is it that walked in? It's Amarantha and Tamlin. <laughs> and Amarantha starts laughing as well as like there are all these like fae in the background that are like looking on, <laughs> which, which is, is wild. so weird. <laughs> it's like they just follow her around to like laugh at her jokes. Yeah, they must. Um, but yeah, so they're all like laughing, and I guess they're sort of Amarantha sort of insinuates like, "Oh, look, like shows you how fickle humans are." Like she said, she mm. loved you, and now she's in here making out with him. So like, how's that love? Yeah. Um, the weird, <clears throat> the weird part for me in this section is Tamlin's reaction. Um. uh, I guess Reese sends Feyre away and she says that like Tamlin can't even bear to look at her Mm -hmm. and like I don't get why like is he ashamed of her like is it an issue because Reese was kissing her like is he disgusted about that or is it more like he can't look at her because he's guilty they almost got caught or like I don't know I just I don't understand why he wouldn't be able to look at her. Yeah. I I don't really know. I, I obviously think what favorite thinks because you read what she's thinking, but like she, I think she thinks that he doesn't, he won't look at her because she was making out with Reese and which I don't know. I, I think is dumb, (laughs) but Tamlin's not the smartest. So yeah. Anyway, um she goes back down to her cell and she washes her mouth out three times yeah apparently kissing reese was that like disgusting to her that she had to wash her mouth out three times but like he's done some really shady shit but he's still the most attractive fairy she's ever seen yeah so like it i don't i think it's more like it was an feels Yes, but she also feels guilty that Tamlin saw it too. And she's just like, there was nothing she could do, obviously. No. But. Anyway, um, Reese comes down later on. And she sort of like 
a bitch to him at first like what the hell do you want sort of a scenario and he's just like i'm gonna i'm down here for some peace and quiet um and she sort of pharaoh sort of like insinuates that he's tired Mm -hmm. and he knows that she's the only one he can really talk to without risking himself like it's very obvious what side she's on Mm -hmm. he can't talk to any of the other fae because like he doesn't know what side they're really on and like maybe they would tell amarantha if he had bad stuff to say yeah so he says he can't tell anyone um he calls amarantha a bitch for making him serve her in the bedroom as her harlot so like we're getting a little bit more on his philosophy like we're sort of getting oh we know what side he's really on yeah um and he says that once Feyre breaks the curse and releases all their powers, Tamlin is going to tear Amarantha apart and adds in that he's been sort of whipping him up into a rage and like a frenzy. Mm-hmm. For example, like seeing the tattoo on Feyre's arm for the first time so that as soon as he gets his power back, he's going to splatter her all over the the walls. Yeah. So like Tamlin is like, or Reese is actually like intentionally riling Tamlin up, but it's for a reason. Yeah. Um, he sort of says like he doesn't want to fight with Tamlin, and that's sort of why like, even though he's been flirty with Feyre, he hasn't actually taken advantage of her, even though he probably could have, because he doesn't actually want to fight with Tamlin. He's just sort of like acting like he wants to mm-hmm. which is again like he's really bearing his soul not bearing his whole soul here but like i think for what Feyre can handle he's really like he's taking it all out yeah but i feel like he almost has to tell her or tamlin at some point that this is what he's thinking or they're all fucked once the tests are over. Like, I feel like Feyre had to know this information. Or, Maybe. like, Tamlin would have fought Reese and. <laughs> Perhaps, yeah. Um, uh, Reese admits that Amarantha made um, Reese her whore because his father killed Tamlin's father and brothers. And she wants revenge on her love's enemy. So because uh, Reese's father killed Tamlin's father and mother and brothers, uh, Amarantha thinks that it'll please Tamlin that she's been like humiliating Reese by having Which sex with an interesting him. take. Because <laughs> you're, you're like trying to have sex with this guy and you're like, I'm going to force your enemy to have sex with me so that you have sex with me. It's like, I don't, I I don't think that's how it works. Yeah, no, I I also don't think that's how it works. (laughs) But also like, I don't know. It just seems, I don't know. It just seems counterintuitive to me. Yeah. Also, I think a part of it is just that Resand is hella hot. So yeah. Which, listen, if that's what floats your boat, live your best life. Like, <laughs> well, don't, 
Don't force somebody to have sex with you. Well, you're... obviously not. <laughs> no, I know. I just mean like, I don't know. Just have a good time. Yeah. Um. So, Feyre sort of realizes at this point that if Reese hadn't have kissed her, then everyone would have seen the smudge paint and figured out it was Tamlin. So they would have gotten in a lot of trouble. And Reese has been trying to keep her alive the whole friggin' time, like even before Under the Mountain, saved her from those three creepy fae. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's been doing his best. Yeah, and he he said that her name was Claire Better so that yeah. they wouldn't find her. So, like, yeah. he really he has been like a guardian angel the whole time in a weird, devilly sort of way. Yeah. But she admits to him that he literally could have asked her for every week in a year, like full time. Mm-hmm. And she would have agreed. And he realized that. He said, yeah, no, I know. So, mm-hmm. like, I feel like this is his humanizing moment. Like, we're trying to see that. He's not so bad. Like, yes, he's made some really crappy choices. Yeah. Um, But he's he's not that bad. Yeah, this is kind of like a moment of like him confiding a few things, realization that maybe he had reason for doing some of the things he did. And then him being like, yeah, I knew I could have had every day, but didn't want to destroy you completely. So that like if she didn't want to live anymore because she couldn't be with Tamlin, would she even go through with the tasks? <laughs> That's true. I don't know. Hmm. Um. So the next morning, she was given, like, her original tunic and pants that she wore. And apparently they reeked to hive heavens. And, like, she had to put on these, like, filthy clothes. Um, And she was brought to the throne room. And apparently nobody was cheering. Nobody was betting. Like, everybody was really silent, which I feel like is sort of, like, a respectful. Like, they had all started taking it a bit seriously. Yeah. Um, Amarantha asks if she's ready for her third trial and says, like, she's ready to, like, are you ready to die, essentially? (laughs) And it's like, wow, thank you. That's so, so nice of you. (laughs) Um, she tells Tamlin that she loves him, even with her insignificant human heart. And even after they burn her body, she'll love him. Ugh. Like, it's kind of sweet. Yes, if you think you're going to die. I guess. So, Tamlin, like, doesn't react to those words at all. He was just, like, stone-faced. And Feyre was sort of, like, thought that that was his way of enduring it and, like, being stoic again. And Mm. I would not... (coughs) I would not want my husband to do that. I'm about to fucking die. Yes, like, cry for me, bitch. At least give me a wink. <laughs> give, put your hands in the little heart motions. Yeah. Or like, yeah, like, I don't know, something. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, the task starts, and Amarantha brings out three figures, and they all have, like, bags over their heads. And the guards make the three people kneel 
and she hold they all hold a velvet pillow with an ashwood dagger on each one uh and she is told that they're they're innocents but her job is to kill them to stab them in the heart so they've got the ash wood to make sure they die and she has to kill them and like she's got these three people just staring not staring at her because they have bags over their heads but she's just staring at these like three figures and she's like she can't do it she says like even though she knows knows that it would mean freedom for all of prithian she knows that it's not like hunting and we've already established that she doesn't even like hunting she did Mm -hmm. what she had to do but it's not something she enjoys doing yeah um so like she says that she knows that if she kills them it will damn her forever and like fair point you're essentially murdering people yeah that are innocent yeah so she then thinks of alice and alice's nephews and of tamlin and lucian and her sisters and she knows that she has to do this to set them free so she goes from like saying no way i cannot do this to yeah okay i'll do it very quickly (laughs) yeah which was sort of like what wait what okay yeah very whiplash (laughs) yeah very whiplash um so she starts to like chant that she can do this she can do this as she steps up to the first figure like i can do this i can do this um and it's obviously not going to be that easy because amarantha makes the guard take the hood off the the fey male um fair says that his eyes were the color of sky and she knows she'll never forget that color as long as she lives so like his his eye color is like imprinted into her brain Mm -hmm. and he keeps whispering please and he says don't as she like raises the dagger to stab him and Obviously, I don't know how I would react in this situation, but I hope I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Like, knowing that this is what would stand between, like, my entire race and freedom. Yeah. I would hope I wouldn't beg. I would just take it. Like, I would hope. Yeah, obviously. No idea what would happen, but I agree. Um... After she stabs, well, she raises the dagger to stab him and she even hears like weeping in the background. Like she hears somebody crying and she knows that she's taking him from someone who loves him. And it's really unfortunate. Yeah. Because like, like Amarantha said, he was an innocent person Mm -hmm. and Feyre had to take his life for no other reason than to break a curse. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so she stabs him and he convulses and bleeds out and she gets blood all over her hands. Obviously, Amarantha is loving it. Mm -hmm. Uh, She moves on to the next person uh, or fae. It's a female with brown hair. And this female starts a prayer. And Feyre can't like take the step to kill her. She knows that she won't get to the immortal lands. Like, I guess it's their heaven. Um, And so, like, this act is breaking her. Like, she's done one person already having to do the second one. This is breaking her apart. Mm -hmm. Um, 
the woman just keeps praying as Feyre finally stabs her. And Feyre sort of says that her eyes were steady and she held Feyre's gaze, which, like, made it seem like, to Feyre, like, maybe she had that girl's, this girl's permission. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely did feel like that. Like, Like she understood what was happening and was like do it i i'm at peace with it almost yeah um again this whole act like i it just continues to reiterate how much pharaoh was breaking apart doing this Mm -hmm. um and she started to think that maybe after the last fairy she would kill herself next and that it would be a relief at least to die by her own hand instead of someone else's so like she is really having a hard time with this. Like, she is doing it because she has to, but she is fucked. Yeah. So, when they pull the hood off the third fairy, it's Tamlin. Which was, like, our sort of, like, dun-dun-dun moment. Scooby-Doo moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, apparently, when she looked back towards the throne, where she's, like, remember at the beginning, she told tamlin that she loved him and like then when she looked up to the throne where tamlin was that she told she loved it was actually the adder but he was glamored to look like tamlin so that just like it's obviously she's having a really rough go but that sort of makes me giggle a bit because she told the adder she loved him (laughs) yeah i i I also think that the adder could have like winked at her or (laughs) That he loved her back or something. (laughs) Play along, dude. Broken Tamlin's character since Tamlin's been so unbreakable. Yeah. So um, Amarantha starts laughing because obviously this means in order for Feyre to break the curse and free everybody, she would have to kill Tamlin. But the whole point that she's there is to save Tamlin. Mm. Um. So she sort of like is taunting Feyre and is like, you can kill yourself now and save Tamlin. Uh, but Feyre remembers that Alice, like the last week, said there was a part of the curse that she couldn't tell her that we still didn't really know about. And she goes back over all the moments in her head um, and sort of like realizes that Tamlin and Lucian left doors open on purpose and like talked in her vicinity on purpose and um and like they were loud they didn't like catch her right away like they did stuff so that she could hear what they were discussing to give her clues Mm -hmm. and she also realizes that amarantha would never risk killing tamlin because she wants him yeah so like she's not going to have him killed so there must be another like it can't be as easy as just killing tamlin mm-hmm. um so she remembers that it was mentioned more than once that tamlin has a heart of stone and she realizes that uh, after all the time they spent together she had actually never heard or felt his heartbeat and that must be how amarantha has been controlling all the high lords which is a pretty big like presumption to make <laughs> yeah like what if you're wrong and you've just like you're wasting all that time now well everyone else will be free i guess i guess 
Um, anyway, she stabbed him. And she was right. He does Yay. have a heart of stone. Like, it was funny. I think she said she went to put the Ashwood dagger through his heart and, like, it went clink. Like, yeah. <clears throat> like, he legit, she could not, like, get it where it needed to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, she stabbed, released, everything was okay. And then Amarantha just did not release her from her deal and said that in the bargain that they made, Farrah didn't specify when she had to release them, just as she had to at some point. And instantaneous release was only if she answered the riddle. Remember, we talked about that actually, um, Mm -hmm. I think it was last week, about how uh, she was worried about the wording of the of the bargain and then said essentially i'll worry about it later only she never worried about it later no and now it's an issue (laughs) yeah uh and actually to her credit a few of the other fairies actually spoke up and were like she won like set them free like give her her due yeah so like a few of them were good like that um but most just sort of let her go on um Mm -hmm. She attacks Feyre and, like, unleashes this, like, hell on her. And sort of as she says she's being open, like, ripped open from the inside out, she hears Reese's voice screaming her name in her head. Reese's voice, not Tamlin's. And it's, I mean, I mean... Tamlin was just stabbed. But like with, he's, a, with an ashwood dagger, he's like not he, hurt. Come on, it's still like probably bleedy or something. She's literally being ripped open from the inside out. Yeah, is bleeding from one little fleshy, fleshy wound <laughs> is nothing. Okay. <laughs> uh, so as Amarantha is like attacking Feyre. Reese actually goes over to Tamlin, grabs the dagger that he was just like stabbed with because it's still like sticking out of his body and then tries to attack her with his dagger with the dagger he keeps trying to go after amarantha with this dagger um obviously that doesn't work um amarantha wants pharaoh to admit that she doesn't love tamlin like just admit it you don't actually love him you never loved him you just want all these things as a human person like, tell me you don't love him. And she refuses. She can't. She's like, I can't, I can't say that. Like, I can't tell you that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, she doesn't say she's sorry. She's not that polite. No. Although, like, if I was being murdered, <laughs> I would be like, yeah, I don't love him. I don't care about anything. <laughs> but I don't know. She's come this far and done all this shit. So I get why she isn't saying it. Yeah. Um, Tamlin then starts begging for her life to Amarantha, which obviously begging, I feel like begging doesn't work on Amarantha. Yeah, no. Um, and this. But at least he's talking. Yeah, at least he's finally talking, the jackass. Yeah. So him, like, sort of begging for her life makes her realize that the answer to the riddle that we learned about ages ago is fine like she knows what the answer is the answer is love so um 
she like yells out love and then amarantha cracks her spine Mm. not her own spine pharaoh's spine like and pharaoh sort of has like an out-of-body experience um like she says she's seeing through eyes that aren't hers but she doesn't really know who they whose they are at this point um so the eyes that she's seeing through see lucian stand up and remove his mask because she shouted out the word love and then she perished so lucian can take his mask off the curse is broken yay but she also uses the eyes that she's seeing from and sees her body, her own body, lying on the ground with her neck snapped. Not so yay. Not so yay. But <laughs> yeah, so she she did die, which is sad. Yeah. But we all knew it was going to happen. We did all know <laughs> it was going to happen. That's true. Um, Tamlin gets his power his powers back, like, I guess... That was part of the curse is that Amarantha would release his power. So he gets it all back and he does actually rip Amarantha shred from shred. Mm-hmm. Which is just great. Yep. Um, And she finally realizes whose eyes do you think she's seeing out of? <laughs> yeah. Like obviously she's seeing out of Reese's eyes. Um, Okay. So Tamlin comes over and cradles Pharaoh's like dead and broken body. And the rest of the high Lords come over and one by one, they drop a glittering spark onto Pharaoh's body. Mm. All those sparks brought Pharaoh back to life, but not as a human, as a high fae. Dun, dun, dun. Wild. So she's no longer human anymore, which sort of gets rid of that argument about the um, her getting older and him staying the same. Yeah, like it's Fix a moot. Up. It's a moot point now. Yeah. So she starts to spiral already. Like she literally just like woke up and she's already spiraling about the two Fey that she killed. Mm-hmm. But then she says she sees Tamlin for the first time without his mask on. And he's exactly how she dreamed he would be. Mm. She's like, is that a little bit shallow? Yeah. A little bit. Okay. Yep. But we're okay with it. Yeah, I guess so. She deserves a hot guy after she did all that, I guess. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Um, So, you know, I guess Amarantha's dead everybody everything is in chaos and shambles like some of the meaner fey like ran away because they're like oh shoot i'm gonna have to get a different lifestyle on the go um like the adder he was one why are you laughing different lifestyle well yeah the adder needs a different lifestyle now yeah he does yeah (laughs) um everyone from the spring court was sort of like kneeling for the high lord and thanking him and Feyre and she just said she couldn't take it how they were like uh, so like they just went in a room for some peace and quiet because mm-hmm. everybody kept kneeling to her and kneeling to her and thanking her and she just she was like no I can't right now yeah um Tamlin however is joyous he wonders how he could repay her and 
I just uh, I'm icked. Yeah, like she needs to be put in therapy yesterday. <laughs> but also, he's really not attentive to how she's feeling. No, it doesn't seem like like I don't know. She's clearly still spiraling. Yes. So like she's like thinking to herself like I don't deserve all this thanks like I'm like she said she's broken mm-hmm. which is actually one of my favorite ways to um explain like somebody's mental state I don't know why but I just I really like that word mm. I don't know why Fair enough. um so like she doesn't feel like she deserves it at all she's a broken mess Tamlin finally notices the bargain on her hand and he's like oh don't worry we'll find a way out of it trust me but like again nothing specific on his end mm-hmm. um so they get they do the down and dirty um she says it's like hot and desperate and fire and passion which I think is nice for your first time with someone in a while yeah and her first time as Faye, one has to assume that it's better. You would think. Well, you would hope anyway. Yeah. Um. So I guess she wakes up in the middle of the night to something pulling at her from her, the, like the center of her belly. And she leaves Tamlin sleeping. So like somebody is pulling her like from the belly button almost mm-hmm. uh, and leads her to the top of a stairwell, out, a stairwell out on a balcony. And it's resand, and he was there. And he had his, his little bat wings out. I say little, but they're I'm sure they're quite large. Um, he said he wanted to say goodbye to her before she went to the spring court. And she asks, like, why did you even help me? And he said it was because he wanted to be remembered as a fighter and as someone who was fighting. Um, and he. like fighting against Samarantha and he didn't want Feyre to fight or die alone which was why he was sort of like goading her on right like I feel like that was Mm -hmm. to improve his own training um uh (laughs) right so she realizes that he loves flying and you know he couldn't tell anyone else about it or else like Amarantha would have taken it from him and like what does she think i just don't understand why she thinks he's telling her or like like yeah i guess he's not really telling her but like he's showing her the wings he's taking he's taking her into his like circle of trust yeah well he even showed her like a while ago and he was like i don't i don't show anyone these it's like it's weird that he is when he's clearly so secretive about them with other people yeah like is he hoping that she's just gonna be loyal and like yeah i don't know um so uh i guess reese asks her how it feels to be high fae and she sort of admits that like yeah my body is like high fae right now. Like I look high fae, I can go to the high fae. Like, you know, I'm I'm part of the club. I'll say <laughs> yes. Um, but she says like her heart though is still human, mm-hmm. which I don't really get. 
Yeah, I think she's just saying that like her body is built to live thousands of years, but she still has the heart like and feelings of a human who's only supposed to live 80. So it's very jarring is kind of how I took it. Yeah. Anyway, um, right before he goes to leave, they lock eyes for a second and all of a sudden his nostrils flare and he smells her. And apparently his eyes like widen in shock and he stumbles backwards before he like flies away, which is sort of like, oh, gee, thanks, dude. You know what I mean? (laughs) You'd think that she would have bathed, but who knows? (laughs) Well, I mean, maybe she did. I know. It's just funny. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so the next day they head back to the spring court. And she thinks to herself that it's a miracle that she brought them home and (laughs) that she would face sort of what she did under the mountain a little bit later. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, like, obviously she's still uh, affected by this trauma, but is choosing to ignore it for for right now. Yeah, it's, it's very fresh. I do understand the want to ignore it. Yeah, yes, sure. Uh, like 100%. So she also sort of adds in that she's got an eternity to um, sort, like she has an eternity to like figure out what's going on with her and her emotions and everything. Mm-hmm. And But she said for right now, all she wants to do is uh, go home with Tamlin and start her life with him. Yeah, it really does wrap up nicely yeah 100% the big bad is dead and our couple has a happily ever after yeah like I do get what you said when you first read it you didn't understand what the second book was going to be about because like this really does wrap it all up and you're like yeah I get there's a few things that could be in the second book but like they did it yeah they conquered and now they're going home to live happily ever after like that is the fairy tale and yeah. now she's high fae like she'll figure it all out everything will be fine yeah well that's exactly what i thought which is why i thought it was weird when i which is why initially i didn't even look for a second book because i was like oh it's just gonna be the same thing yeah right but it yeah. was very different <laughs> right yeah but, yeah. like, I love this book. It's one of my favorite. Well, it is probably my favorite. I'm so excited we got to discuss it this month. I'm just yeah. happy. Yeah. And we're going to get to the second one sooner than later, I'll say. <laughs> yes, much sooner. So that wraps it up for this week. If you do want to get in touch with us and share your thoughts on anything you heard in any of our episodes, or if you have any book suggestions, you can email us at coffeeandcoread at gmail.com. And be sure to check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at coffeeandcoread. So next week, it is like spooky October month. So (laughs) we are reading a new book called The X-Hex by Aaron Sterling. Um, it's sort of our fun little fall read. Um, this is actually a first for us in that neither of us have read this book yet. We are going to mm-hmm. be discussing it and reading like on a first read through. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be fun and it's sort of witchy based, which is sort of why we picked it for uh, October. 
Yeah. Uh, our first episode is going to be chapters uh, one to eight, we think. Uh, if there are any changes, we will post that on Instagram along with our full week, our full weekly schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure to follow along, please. And if you're enjoying our little chats, don't forget to follow, rate, and review wherever you find content. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you on the next page.